Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Chapel Hill. Last night, I was awakened by a dream, but it wasn't like any old dream. It was just, you know, one of those special dreams that you don't usually have that you say, okay, this is, this is really for me. And, and I think God spoke to me. And I said, do, I re- do you really want me to share this message? I, I'm kind of shy. So, but here I am, and, I, and I'm going to share this message with you, what I dream. Not the specifics of the dream, but the message that it was in it. Um, how many of you love the Father? Do you love the Father? Mm. Yes, we all love the Father. Uh, but how many of you love your Father? How many of you do you love your Father? For many years, I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that I love my Father. Uh, I didn't grow up with him. Um, she, my mom got married, and uh, five years later, she had three kids, and we had no father. Not because he passed away or anything, but he just left. And so I grew up without a father. And uh, they didn't, never really, really bothered me at all. Uh, but unknowingly, I started looking for that father other places. So when I was 12, 13, all my friends were 16, 17, and that was like me looking for a father, a father figure that I just found on the streets. Um, that's not a good representation of a father, is it? Yeah. It wasn't for me. Yeah. So for many years, I just worked on these dark paths. Um, like I sometimes reflect myself, like 80% of my life, I wouldn't even tell my daughters what I lived because it's not worth it. It was just wasting a life. You know, when I was 28, I was, I was ready to die. I said, you know, if I die today, just live this life. I didn't know what God had stole from me. So many years went by, and I met my wife and her family, and I was brought to the church. But I would go with dark glasses, sit at the back, and just wait for the service to be over. And I would just hear, like, love the Father, love the Father. And I say, how can I love the Father if I've never felt a fatherly love? Uh, uh, listen to the Father, listen to his words. How can I listen to those words if I've never heard the words from a father? Be guided by the Father. I don't know what that is. Let the Father hug you and love you. What are they talking about? You know, Through the church that we have in Colombia, they made some special services for people like me, uh, whose father was not there and whose love for their father was not there either. Uh, the reason I'm saying this is because for many, many years, ever since I started coming to church, I couldn't feel that love for the father because I've never had that. And uh, the message that I'm, I want to give you is um, I want to share with you, especially now that the ministry that I heard last week with you know, the single mothers and all that, is that we got to learn to love our fathers regardless of who they were, regardless of their mistakes. Because if we don't do that, if we don't, if we don't pass that boundary that I had, yes, for him, you know, I, I, he passed away. I saw him like three times in my life. One of the, when I was a kid, when I was like six years old, and I just, all I, I remember was a beating from him. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And I saw him like when I was 20 and didn't talk much that time. And then he called me upon his deathbed. Uh, I was already like, you know, I already had a life, I was already an adult. And he called me upon his deathbed to 
I don't know why he did that. But it was just very strange that day. Through the church, I learned to forgive him. He passed away, so I never said it in person. But, um, But I learned to forgive him and to forgive myself for not respecting the father who he was, even though he was not there. And when I did that, I wrote a letter. Uh, we went through prayer. Uh, my feet were washed by, by the pastors who were there. That was part of the, of the whole process. And I was able to forgive him and forgive myself and say, I love you, Father. I love you. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Good, brother. We with you, bro. You good, brother? You good? You good? Okay. So, so after I went through all this, I was finally able to love our father. I was finally able to love our father and and to to understand what he wants from us. And so, the message that I want to convey is: uh, I don't know what type of relationship you have with your fathers, but you're not going to love God if you don't love the father that you had. Uh, whether that man was full of flaws, mistakes, uh, may, may not have been a very nice person. You need to forgive that father within your heart. Because you're not going to be able to love God if you don't do that. I wasn't able to do it. And, and that was the message that I wanted to share with you. And that was the dream that I had last night. I was sitting at a table. It was a wooden table, like. You know, but there was only women. Hmm. There was only women on that table, and 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 the word was I had us heard. You gotta teach your kids, even if the father is not there, that you gotta love or and forgive that man. Yes, so they can love the father. Hmm. Okay, um, and that's the message I wanted to bring to you guys. Thank wow. you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Woo. Wow. Bless you, Peter. That was powerful. Who in the room can relate with that testimony? And um, it's interesting because the message that the Lord told me to preach this morning is called receiving the blessing of the Father. How many know that the Holy Spirit knows how to preach a message? Sometimes you can just put the microphone down. And let the Holy Spirit preach a message through the way that he wants to do it. And, uh, you know, Peter, it it would be hard previously for you to receive a message like this, receive the blessing of the Father, because you don't understand what that means, right? Previously, according to what I heard you saying, it's like, well, how do I do that? Because how can I receive a blessing from someone that I don't know? Number one, and how can I receive a blessing from someone that I don't even know how to love them? And I feel like this is such a critical and powerful word for a generation. We're we're here, and the people that are with us online, we're here experiencing the now word of God in the room. Yet there is a word going out into the atmosphere that I believe has the the potential to break the chains. Lord, we just ask you to do it. Flow river of God. 
through the streets of every heart. <laughs> Whoo! Whether it's single mothers in Georgia or whether it's fatherless children in a poor community in our region, may the love of the Father dwell richly in us. Dwell richly in us because there is a blessing. There is a blessing. Not just at his baptism, but on down towards the end of his ministry, a voice from heaven came. And many around thought there was thunder. And the voice said, this is my son in whom I'm pleased. Listen to him. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You remember that passage? It always catches me. Listen to him. It's a blessing from the father to the son. Last week, how many remember we were looking at Abraham? And through Abraham, the word of the Lord to us for this year has been diversify. Has anybody been praying about that? Has anybody heard? I'm not going to ask you to share, but have you heard any application of that in your life? Diversify. Okay, I see a few nods. I see it. Be asking God, Lord, you said diversity plus multiply equals diversify. And the Lord has that for you this year. Now, remember last week, I had these initials, FHP. How is the Lord going to diversify through our life? Well, number one, through faith. As one pastor says, faith is the currency of the kingdom. Like nothing happens in the kingdom without, first of all, faith. And there's a whole series of messages on that that I'm not going to go there. But faith, hope, everybody say hope, Hope. and peace. The Lord's saying, this is how you're going to walk into that diversify word this year is by, first of all, faith, which produces hope, God's hope. Not like, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Like it's 50-50, it might, it might not. No, a hope biblically is certainty. Like, I know it's not going to rain tomorrow because the sun is out, you know. And then there's the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. Has anybody ever experienced that kind of peace before? It's peace where, like Daniel in the lion's den, you can be there around a bunch of hungry lions, and you've got peace in the middle of that. It's unexplainable peace. It's incomprehensible peace. It's a peace that the world cannot give, and you can't give to yourself. You can't work up this kind of peace. These are the three key things, faith, hope, and peace for us. Because the Lord said the greatest days are still ahead. Oh, he's just getting started. Do y'all remember that song? Oh, he's just getting started. The greatest days are still ahead in your life, in the life of this church, in the life of the church. In the life of our state, our nation, our communities, the greatest days are still ahead because he's just getting started. And I believe that this is a year for faith, to take God at his word. This is what the Holy Spirit weekend is going to be about. You know what's happened up here this morning? We're going to set aside a Friday night and a Saturday night and a Sunday morning just to do that. 
It won't be all on the stage. It might not all be on the microphone. It probably won't be. We're going to clear out some rows up here. We'll put down some carpets for people who need some floor tile. We're going to get free. Hello. We're just going to flow. Dennis and Kathleen are going to be here. Does anybody know them? They kind of have a flow to them. Anybody know Tiffany Newsom? <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. But not just for the sake of having a good time, because you're going to receive something. Just like he passed on to Eric today. Just like the Lord gave to him through Chuck. The Lord's going to deposit things in you. He is doing it now, and he's got more because he's just getting started. Even when you've been sick all week, like me. You know, let me tell you something about grace. I went down sick all week, and uh, I felt pretty good. In fact, I couldn't leave my room because I was trying to keep the other, the rest of the house from getting it. Sarah did get it, and that's where she's at right now. So just look at the camera and say, bless you, Sarah, be healed. She's watching right now. Amen. <laughs> Kingdom of heaven, come on you right now. We just break that cold. We break that virus right now. We command your body to come in alignment with heaven right now. Let the faith of God enter her heart right now. But there was this thing that came on me as I'm just down all week. And I told uh, my mom, I was like, I got more work done for the kingdom in this week of being sick than I have gotten done in like whole months. I mean, uh, the, that Holy Ghost, that Holy Spirit weekend, I'm going, we're leaving, I'm leaving for Armenia that Sunday. Like we have Sunday morning, then I go get on a plane and fly to the Middle East. So I'm, I'm planning on getting a little oiled up that weekend. But I've been asked to like teach for 12 hours. Now, Jim Hill's going to split that time with me, so I don't have to do it all alone. Judah's going to be there shooting film content. But for their ministry, not, not of me per se. But, um, but I had to prepare. I'm like, man, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where like you had a deadline, you need to get ready for something. And it's like, when do I have time to get ready for that? Or study for that test, that exam or whatever, you know? And like, there was such a grace on me to do it this week, being sick. Now tell me how that makes any sense. In the past when I've been sick, like, what's on Netflix? Like, I, I did catch a new World War II on the front lines thing on Netflix. That's really good. I highly recommend it in between my work. But, you know, but there was such a grace. And I feel like it's kind of a word for us this year. I'm not prophesying sickness over you. I'm just saying even in the middle of difficult situations where in the past it would almost take you out. Like, man, I don't have any peace. I can't get anything done. God is going to come upon you supernaturally and like, no, I'm just kind of hiding you right now. I've got, my grace is sufficient where? In weakness. Everybody say weakness. Look at your neighbor and say, be weak. Be weak. I'm not, I'm not saying be sick. No, 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 no. Be weak. In other words, Paul said, I'm not boasting about what's good about me. I'm boasting in my weakness. Because in my weakness, he is made strong. 
Be weak. Don't try to put on a show. Don't put on a front. You don't have to put on a face because he's faithful. You guys remember Abraham talking about a father. Sometimes the old children's song calls it Father Abraham had many sons. Who remembers that? Who, remember? Who grew up in the church? Let's see. Father Abraham. Abraham believed in the God. I'm quoting from, from Romans here from last week, Romans 4. He believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Believe God and let your faith grow right now, this year. Joy will grow proportional to your faith. The God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing will burst forth with joy in your heart. Who wants some joy? Eva already prophesied it. I don't know if you caught it. I was grabbing all onto that. Like, I need as much joy. I believe the church should be the happiest bunch of people around. Not because we got it all together, per se. Not because everything just goes perfectly in our lives. No, because we know joy. Joy is a person. It's real and it's tangible, and we grab a hold of him. Y'all remember that quote I passed on to you from Arthur Burt? He's passed now, an old Welshman. Arthur Burt, when he was young, he was around the great Smith Wigglesworth over in Europe. Does anybody know about Wigglesworth? So Arthur he had this long ministry, and he had this, these one-liners. Okay, and here's the one I've been sharing with you. I'm going to say it again. We might have it on the screen. I don't know if you still have that slide, Channing, but here it is. God does much with little, most, there it is, most with least, and everything with how much? God does much with little, most with least, and everything with nothing. If I had a good British accent. See, Papa and Nana, they grew up spiritually under this man's ministry. He would come to their church, come across the pond all the time, and come and minister to them. Brother Arthur. Weekends. Just pouring into you. I've got a little book called Stones to Slay Goliath with. That's, this is one of the stones. Or Pebbles to Say Goliath, something like that. I've got this book that Jim Hill has kept alive because it's literally written in magic marker. And so Jim had somebody publish multiple copies of this magic marker written book. Probably they wrote it down in the 1970s. And, um, and it's all like things like this. So I have it beside my chair. Anybody got a chair where you spend time with the Lord? You know, you got your favorite coffee mug. I've got it beside my chair. And in addition to my Bible, it's like my devotional right now. So I'm going to be, you'll be hearing more Arthur Burtisms. Because it's just from the Holy Spirit. Arthur was a father. Am I wrong? He was a father. And he just began to pour out into young people during the Jesus movement. And um, such a powerful time. Now let's look more deeper at what God has through the life of Abraham as taught and recorded by the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Let me start in Galatians 3. Is anybody there? Galatians 3 verse 8. And uh, I like the real readable version, the New Living Translation. You can check it with your favorite, the KJV or the New American Standard or the NKJV is what I 
cut my teeth on spiritually, even though as a kid I was in the NIV. So I just, you know, I, I just like Bible. I just fear, you know what? If people are reading the Bible, guess what? The Holy Spirit can speak to them. We can argue the, you know, the translation thing later. But here's what it, here's how it says this in Galatians 3. Let me remind you about Galatians. It was the first letter that Paul ever wrote. That's important. Um, First mention in the Bible is always important because it creates a tone from the Holy Spirit. I call Galatians Paul's doctoral dissertation on grace. He wrote all on grace. You're not saved by grace. It's not by works so that nobody can. I mean, you, you read it. It's a short letter. It's just chapters one through six. And so I'm just hitting one tidbit. Chapter three, verse eight. Is everybody there? Did you click on your phone? All right. It's up there on the screen. It says this. What's more? Oh, I must have given you the wrong one. Oh, no, there it is. Okay. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. I'm trying to, okay, here we are. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham. Okay, what was the good news? We just read it. That the Gentiles would be righteous, how? By their faith. Just, it says Abraham believed and he was made righteous. That's all he did. Even before he was circumcised, he just believed. He didn't do anything. He just believed the word. He believed God, the God who speaks, right? And so the good news to Christians is that even those who are outside the physical lineage of the Hebrew people, those who are non-Jewish ethnically, The good news for you is that just like Abraham, you can be made righteous because of your faith. And God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. Now look at the next sentence. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received Because of his faith. Did y'all catch that? All who put their faith in Christ. Who's put their faith in Christ in the room this morning? How many people, it was like 40 or more years ago, you put your faith in Christ? Can I see your hands? Raise them high, high and proud. 40-year Christians. All right, who's between 30 and 40 years? That's me. I'm like 30. I'm in my 30s. All right, who's like 20s? You're in your 20s? Awesome. Who's a teenager spiritually? So let's go, Michael. Michael's a good spiritual teenager, isn't he? He's, he's like really growing up. He's got the keys to the car. Watch out. He's got, he's got daddy's Cadillac. Like Michael's going. <laughs> Who's, is anybody less than 10 years? Like, you know, you've just been following Christ. Amen, Peter. Amen, Dana. That's awesome. It's a great place to be. Regardless of whether you met Jesus 10 minutes ago, or 58 years ago. This word right here is for you this morning. All, that's everybody, who put their faith in Christ, share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Here's point number one. It's very simple. All Christians share the same blessing Abraham received. 
all Christians. This is what it looks like to have a revelation as a son of the father or a daughter of the king. It's gender neutral. When I say sonship, I mean everybody, all y'all, all <laughs> y'all, is that all y'all, all of us share the same blessing Abraham received. Now, here's the thing. Every son, every true son has an inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. Has anybody ever received a physical inheritance from a family member? Yeah, many hands going up. Every son of Abraham, every daughter, again, it's gender neutral. Every person, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus, who has been blood-bought and born again, who's been made righteous not because of their own good works, but because of his free gift of salvation, you have an inheritance in the saints. If you don't believe me, look in your concordance. You know, you can do that easily these days. You just search in your search bar on your Bible app. Put the word inheritance in there and see what comes up. I mean, I didn't, I didn't number it. Forgive me. I didn't, I didn't see how many times. It is so much that the New Testament talks about an inheritance. Now, if, if you start to believe like, oh, okay, well, like, I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. I'm a son. Michael, Michael knows about his inheritance. He's, he's, he's just a teenager, but man, he's been diving into this thing. Like, what is my inheritance? So then if you start to believe, I do have an inheritance, but I don't know what it is. Look up all the references to inheritance in the New Testament and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what yours is. What yours are, because it's plural. Here's uh, in verse 14, it says this. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Okay, well, what's one big thing that we get as an inheritance there? It's not a trick question. We get the Holy Ghost. Who grew up in church where it was called the Holy Ghost? That tells you something about you. You know, it's good. It's good. I like the Holy Ghost. And then there's the Holy Spirit. Very, you know, it's the same person. It's all God. The Holy Spirit isn't a force. He's not an it. It's a person. The Holy Ghost is a person. And this is our inheritance. Now, here's the thing. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all y'all, all flesh, not only is that your inheritance, but it says it's a seal of something. So really, the Holy Spirit isn't just the inheritance. The Holy Spirit is like that, that last will and testament that was announced when you got your inheritance, and it was sealed with, a, you know, the, the, the stamp, the seal. This is what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit delivers something, just like that document. It delivers something to you. And, you know, if, if you had a, a long loss, or not loss, but you had a, a relative who passed away, and, you know, you kind of knew they had some stuff, right? They, they were of means, let's just say that. And you found out, like, there was going to be a reading 
of the will after they pass and like, oh, I, and you knew, other family told you like, you might want to be at that because you got some stuff coming. How many people would just kind of like not show up? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't really, I'm good. I got enough. I got enough money. I don't know, need anything. Of course not. We would show up and the Holy Spirit is here to show you what your inheritance from your great, 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 great granddaddy is. Oh, Abe. This is what it looks like. Now, let me give you an example. Okay, who likes examples? I do. I need examples. And uh, flip over to Genesis 39. Genesis 39. There we are. My iPad got there fast. How many remember the story of Joseph? He was a great-grandson of Abraham, literally. And, uh, you know, he, he went through some hard times. He, his brothers hated him because he was the dad's favorite, one of 12 boys who had brothers growing up. It can get kind of tough sometimes. <laughs> and... uh I mean, they hated him so much, they wanted to kill him. They thought about killing him. One of the other guys was like, no, let's just sell him. So they took it easy on him. They sold him as a slave to the Egyptians. So he goes south with these Egyptian slave traders. He ends up in Potiphar's house. He's kind of a big wig in the Egyptian empire. And, you know, he's a good-looking guy. So anyway, long story short, he gets falsely accused of rape. And for that capital crime they don't kill him but they put him in 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 the dungeon and throw away the key like there's no chance of parole and um you know there's not exactly like a a court of law there where he's presumed innocent until proven guilty he's just a slave and uh he ends up um in these difficult difficult situations yet he always knew god was with him and while he's in potiphar's house before he gets falsely accused of rape. It says in verse 2 of Genesis 39, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Um, now that phrase really, really gets me. He succeeded in everything he did. What if God says to you, hey, what do you want to do? Because Anything that you do, I'm going to be with you. Because your desires are intertwined with my desires. Go and do what, really it's what I've called you to do. Do what's in your heart because I am with you. And everything you do, you, you got a guarantee of success. Usually that's one of our biggest fears in stepping out in faith is a fear of failure. You know, one of my mentors used to ask us, if you could do anything and you would guarantee that you wouldn't run out of money and that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Starts the wheels turning. So this is Joseph. He succeeded in everything he did. Now, he is a slave, so he's not succeeding in everything. But in this household where he was a slave chosen to serve, he was doing it faithfully. He served in the home of the Egyptian master. In verse 3, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Is Potiphar a godly man? No, but he's noticing something. This Joseph seems to have something different. 
He's just a slave that we got from a slave trader. But what is up with this guy? You know, they, were, they, they had many gods, a polytheistic culture. But he recognized something different on this guy. Like, this guy's different right here. I don't know what is it with Jamal. He's got like this joy. He's got this thing bubbling up within him. What is happening? And Potiphar could see this on Joseph. And in verse, uh, let me skip over to verse 5. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. What? How is that possible? Well, because Joseph had a great granddaddy. His name was Abraham. And guess what? It's your grand and great granddaddy too. Let me skip down and just read you a couple more verses all the way down to the bottom, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. This is after he was accused of rape and he's already in jail. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. The prison warden? Verse 23, the last verse. Oh, no, let me read verse 22 because it's good too. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. This is a guy who is determined to make the most out of bad circumstances. Like it don't matter, come hell or high water, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do everything faithfully. I mean, he'd been betrayed by his family. He had been falsely accused. There was ethnic, like racial hatred between the Jews, you know, between the, for the Egyptians and the Jews. All this stuff is happening. I mean, there's so much happening to this guy. In verse 23, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Does that blow, I mean, does that blow you away? Like, what is this about? So, number one was all Christians share the same blessing Abraham received. Number two is, but not all Christians walk in the blessing of Abraham. Well, wait, 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 wait. Now, what do you mean by that? I didn't say not all Christians have the blessing of Abraham. All of them have it. We just don't all walk in it. Why not? <laughs> Let me take you back to Romans 4. I hope I gave this to you, Channing. I can't remember if I did. Romans four seventeen. Yeah, there it is. This is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. You think that's where Joseph got it from? Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever 
he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. Okay, here's where it gets personal. It was recorded for our benefit. Assuring us that God will also count us righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. Now, why do some Christians, they walk in the blessing of salvation, but some of us do not walk in the fullness of the blessing of the inheritance from your great-granddaddy Abraham? Why is that? Number one, because we don't realize it. It's like the will, last will and testament is there, but we're not aware that it even exists. Or number two, the most common thing is we don't really believe that it's for me. We don't really believe, really, that it's for us. We believe maybe it's for Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland. You know, we believe that it was for Pat Robertson or Bill Johnson. We believe it was for Bishop Jakes or, you know, whoever your favorite preacher, pastor, person on a stage, prophet, apostle, whoever it is. Like, you see, they blessed, right? They blessed. They just, they seem to have a blessing in their life. Don't get it wrong. Uh, It's not like they ain't got problems. But it just seems to be something that follows them. Does, Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And have you ever watched that and like, well, that's blessed them. That must be because they're in the ministry. Wrong. No, in fact, the ministry just make you poor. Like it, it'll put you not just financially, it can make you in a very, very difficult place. No, it's because people, not just in ministry, all kinds of people have chosen to walk as a child of God, believing that their father has left them something. I hope this is coming through. Look at verse 14 again. Look again. Through Christ Jesus, Galatians 3.14, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. The same blessing? This isn't just salvation. The same blessing. What kind of things did Abraham receive as a blessing? He received land, sheep, livestock, children, financial provision. I mean, I challenge you, like, look it all up. Don't just take my word for it. It it just came and it came and it came. It was not unchallenged because Abraham was a steward of something. What was the original promise? Look at the stars in the sky. I'm going to give you that many descendants. And I'm going to make you blessed in order that all people throughout the history of the world will be blessed. Abraham, I'm going to make you, a bl- I'm going to make you blessed so that you can be a blessing. Now, to some people, they have a hard time with that. That just sounds like spiritual greed. 
That sounds like a prosperity false gospel. I don't believe in that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about name it and claim it. I'm not talking about like if I have faith enough, a red Corvette shows up in my driveway, my private jets. You know, I'm not, I'm not really talking about that. I'm not discounting it because it's all relative, okay? I'm just saying it's not about the stuff. So if while I'm talking, you're just thinking about the stuff, even though I named some stuff like livestock and children and, and that sort of, and land, it's not just about that. It's about the blessing that he wants to pass on through the generations. So all Christians have this available to them because of either being ignorant about it or not believing it. We don't all always walk in it. But here's number three. The Holy Spirit is the unifier. He is the one who made the fulfillment of the blessing possible for all people. Not only does he give spiritual gifts, but like Abraham, he speaks to us. Has anybody ever been on your job and you didn't know what to do? And for some unknown spiritual reason, you decided to stop and ask the Holy Spirit. And to your surprise, he answered. And you followed whatever it is you felt. Maybe it was just like a feeling. Maybe it was a still small voice. Maybe somebody walked into your office like, da 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 And you're like, I think that's God. And you stepped into that, and there was like great favor and blessing. Let's just sum it up like that. In whatever capacity, maybe it wasn't on the job. We've had that happen in parenting so often. Oh, man, what do we do with this kid? I'm not going to name names. None of them are in the room, but I ain't naming names. What, What do we do? And it's like the Holy Spirit is there. And what that releases in the moment, but also in the season is blessing. Like there's a blessing upon that child when the Holy Spirit brings guidance. Is anybody with me? He might give you a business idea. He might give you wisdom for a situation in your marriage or your parenting or whatever it is that is in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to bring the blessing of Abraham throughout your life, not just so you can revel in your kingdom. Oh, look how awesome I am and all the stuff he's given me. No, so that you can turn around and give it away. So that you can bless the coworkers around you. So that you can bless your family. So that you can bless those that you come in contact with. So you're like, hey, let me give you, let me tell you what I've learned. Let me show you how to follow this man named Jesus. The God who speaks is still here. Sometimes you need to say that to other Christians. I'm not just talking about people who don't know the Lord. Sometimes, have you ever met Christians that didn't know? It's like they're following like some religious guidelines. But they didn't even know that he's the God who speaks. You know where that comes from? Remember Abraham? Remember when he uh, took his uh, wife's maidservant, Hagar, and uh, got her pregnant? Yeah, we ain't talking about perfection here, are we? Was this the will of God? Not exactly. They decided to help God out with this child of promise thing. And they had a baby, and the baby's name's Ishmael. And 
And uh, then there's some tension between the ladies in the house, rightfully so. And Hagar and takes her son, and they end up fleeing. And she's out there in the wilderness crying. And she's about to die, feeling like they're going to die. And who shows up? The God, Yahweh. And, and speaks to her and says, I'm going to bless your son. He's going to be a father of nations also. And this is where the God who speaks shows up for the first time in the Bible. To an illegitimate. I mean, in God's kingdom, it's like there's no such thing as illegitimate. Even the product of mistakes and sin in our lives, God can take all things and turn them around and use them for good. Who's a walking testimony of that in this room? Me, I am. Let me put both hands, both legs up. (laughs) Who should be dead right now? Like multiple times. God's amazing. This is the God who speaks. So back to my, sometimes you need to come along your brother or sister in Christ and say, remember, he speaks to you. Well, Dana, I just don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. You, you seem to be able to hear him real well, but yes, you know. Now listen, do you know Jesus? Yes. Then trust me, he's speaking to you. Listen. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Listen. Because the word is the key to the blessing. All right, let me land this plane. I feel like this is a really, really, really important word for this year. And I don't really know all the outworking of that. I don't, I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't have that written down on my iPad. I just feel it in the room right now. Diversify. Diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Look to these different places that God is, is, is leading you. You know, look to these different places, and there's all kinds of applications to that. I'm going to let him apply that to your life. Thank you, Lord. He is the helper for all of our life. Receive and listen to him. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He's closer than even the hand that goes in front of your face. Like the Holy Spirit is in you. On that down in verse 18 of that same chapter, Galatians 3. Let me just finish with these, these, these passages. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law. So in our terms, it's like sometimes we think if we just do all the right stuff, then God can bless us, right? We're kind of raised that way. Just be a good boy. Get good grades, get a good job, get good benefits, marry a good person, and everything's going to be good. And then you can pat yourself on the back because you earned it. Well, good for you. This is what we do. We do this all the time in multiple ways. But if the inheritance could be earned then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise, his free gift. But God graciously, grace is important. It means you get what you don't deserve. 
You didn't earn it. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. On down to verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all, man, there's a lot of alls in this passage. Have you noticed this? Like, it just keeps saying all. I feel like a broken record on all. I think the Holy Spirit is trying to indicate something here. And I bet you if you read it in the authorized King James Version, it might have a shall something on it, but it still means all y'all. For you're all children of God through faith in Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like the putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ. We've been unified beyond our gender Beyond our ethnicity, beyond our socioeconomic status, we've all been unified in one through Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You better answer that. God's calling right now. He's he's got something for you. It might be your inheritance. (laughs) You are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.